again to listen to the Bully Pew podcast for June 1st. Wow, June 1st, 2023. I'm your host, David Morrill, and you are riding with me through Metro Denver on uh, my way to work as we talk about things related to being a pew sitter in modern day Christianity. Today we're going to be discussing um, some of the the latest developments in Christian news, including uh, the LGBTQ pride flag appearing on the set of The Chosen. No surprise there for those of us that have been um, following the development and people involved in developing that show. We're going to be talking about that. This podcast is brought to you, of course, by protestia.com and especially all of the wonderful patrons that support us on a financial level every month, which you can do if you are uh, blessed by this ministry and want to join with us uh, in fighting on a financial level. You can do so for only $5.95 a month by heading over to protestia.com forward, um, excuse me, I've gotten that wrong twice now, patreon.com forward slash protestia. There are also links at protestia.com. Um, you can also go to protestia.com to join the insurgency email list, which is a three-day-a-week free um, email blast that uh, curates uh, what we like to call banned or less important to mainstream media news links. You can get that three days a week for free, or for $7 a month, you can get it six days a week. Or if you join us on Patreon, here's the little secret, for five ninety-five a month or any other tier of support, send us a message on Patreon and we will get you added to the uh, six-day-a-week insurgency email list for free. That actually saves you if you are like us and you want to be aware of what is going on uh, in a way that doesn't dominate your entire existence like the internet is prone to do, the insurgency email list is a good way to do it because you get it in your inbox and you can follow the news um, like we do from a conservative perspective without having to do all the work that our uh, intrepid um, workers over here do for you. That's what the e- insurgency list is all about. You also get protesting articles ad-free We've we've tried very hard over the last uh, you know I don't know six months and change or so to reduce uh, the the intrusion intrusions <laughs> the intrusive ads on Protestia and I think we've done a pretty good job. It is a very readable website uh, even with the ads. They are all served from a Christian. Um, ad network and yes as we've discussed before that does not mean the ad network is regenerate that means that it's it holds to biblical principles in terms of how it operates and what ads it is willing to serve and not serve um, if you ever see an ad on protesty you have an issue with send us a send us a message um, since we started working uh, with this company we have I, I have yet to run across an, an offensive ad we used to get some things on the uh, on the website served up that we weren't entirely um, in agreement with, and so this is a this is a good change. But anyway, I digress. You are driving with me on a on a overcast day uh, around Denver, and uh, the the city is now full of at least uh, close to the downtown area is now full of tons of media and things like that as the uh, the NBA's Denver Nuggets are in their first finals. I'm a bit of a basketball fan, so this is kind of exciting for me, and I'm trying my best to ignore the, the wokeness that still uh, perpetuates within 
really all major professional sports, but the NBA was particularly irritating, especially a couple of years ago when they were all playing in the quote-unquote bubble. No fans in the stadiums, but they did have room for Black Lives Matter slogans and all that nonsense. So that was that was very irritating. It seems like that's that's kind of gone by the wayside. It's 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 a little moment in the sun has uh, gone away at least for the time being. So it's for me at least it's tolerable at this point. But especially since a team that I've rooted for since I was a kid is now uh, has reached the finals for the first time. Uh, the Miami Heat will be in town tonight to play Game One. So. I'm, looking forward to that um now thursday nights as some of you know we do the bulldogmatic bible study now at 6 30 uh mountain time on zoom for witness level patrons um and above again if you if you want to join the bulldogmatic bible study just uh in in 1995 a month is a little uh rich for your blood in terms of supporting protestia send us a, send me a message get in touch with me some way i'll make sure you get uh to the bible study again that's thursday nights 6 30 p.m mountain time and i will be on the bible study despite the game going on because that is more important than the game and the game can be watched later anyway so the chosen the chosen the dallas jenkins uh created and directed uh series um supposedly about jesus uh in one of their in like the promo for season four uh people saw a a pride flag like a gay and transgender pride flag um, on display in the promo and were taken aback by this now of course we did um just a little bit of digging didn't take much to determine uh, the person who works on the chosen that was displaying the pride flag and all of the other overt promotion of um, LGBTQ and whatnot that this person um, did, and the, the the issue isn't so much. I think we hopefully we can all agree the issue isn't so much that we're surprised. Oh man, a, a, a TV show or a movie or something is has homosexuals working on it. We that's a reality of Hollywood. The, the issue is that, number one, The Chosen is a crowd-funded thing. This isn't funded by um, some, you know, this isn't funded by Universal or, uh, you know, underwritten by Warner Brothers or Sony or something like this. This is, this is underwritten by um, crowdfunding of people that, that believe, and we've warned about this for some time, but there are still plenty of professing Christians out there that believe The Chosen is something worth financially supporting i would argue that a lot of these people that think it's worth financially supporting think so in the same vein that the he gets us campaign is somehow worth it that hey we just need to get people talking about jesus and it doesn't really particularly matter what jesus it is they're talking about if we get into any doctrinal distinctions whatsoever because just saying the name of jesus apparently saves people i i guess of course that's that's not true and a, a, a misrepresented or incomplete or false version of Jesus is, I would argue, more damaging in some ways to the cause of Christ than no Jesus at all. Now, why do I say this? Well, because there's something, there's something uniquely pernicious about false assurance of salvation. You know, Jesus, as we've talked about before, Jesus spoke to this specifically in Matthew 7, talking about those who would say to him on, on the last day, Lord, Lord. And I mean, this is, this is a scourge of, this is a scourge of modern society. It's, it's, it's a scourge of, I mean, all 
all eras, all all ages, but especially in um, in I would argue in in the present day that we live, as we see expressions of so-called Christian churches and religions all over the world that we know as biblical believers are not true expressions of biblical Christianity. Um, I was listening to, last night, listening to Jeff Durbin of Apologia Church talk about uh, Christian nationalism and defend it from a specifically post-millennial view and this is one of the things that he promoted with, was this idea that one, one of his defenses for his post-millennialism was that we can see so much more um, Christianity and less persecution, supposedly, than in the early church. So the early church, Nero was burning Christians. And the early church was beset by very real, physical, mortal persecution in a way that apparently... Uh, believers are not, and that the spread of the gospel around the world is is now, I guess, apparently evident. Um, of course, to which I would argue, no. There's a lot of false versions of Christianity that have gone all over the world, and the Bible talked about this. This was this was going to be a reality. The people of God were always going to be a remnant. Um, when when I look at uh, worldwide, quote unquote, Christianity. I see a vast, ma- a majority of it still uh, to this day, even even in its profession, being false Christianity. Roman Catholicism is false Christianity. Greek Orthodoxy, Ro- Ro- you know, Roman Orthodoxy, or excuse me, uh, Russian Orthodoxy, um, is false Christianity. This is not this is not evidence. Um, um, supporting post-millennialism, but I digress. We will talk about that, by the way, in a in a later podcast or show. Um, but point point being is that uh, in in modern society, we we see uh, we we see this as as a constant theme: these false expressions, these false Jesuses, these false uh, false prophets, false teachings. This is a, I mean, it, it's the reason why biblical discernment is so important. It's the reason why discernment in and of itself is evangelical in nature because there are many. Jesus said, there will be many, and there are. There are many that profess Christ that do not actually know Christ. They think they do. And often it takes somebody willing to be vocally discerning, vocally challenging to those that claim the name of Christ and yet profess things that are very clearly in opposition to him, it takes a person willing to love the truth more than um, they love maybe their position or their relationships or their their you know their status in society or whatever um, to say no that isn't Jesus and have that fight have that debate have that um, that battle so to speak to be. Uh, the catalyst, the, the one used by Jesus to bring that person to a true um, saving faith. It's not enough that we just claim the name of Christ. It's not enough that we say Jesus. It's not enough that we say Lord, Lord. Being regenerate is evident in um, our confession, in our belief, and where we place our faith. And so 
discernment is very often, very often at the at the most evangelical level, the dividing of fa- the false gospel from the true gospel, the elevation of the true gospel to the exclusion of all others. This is why um, many of us, including myself, took such issue with the. Uh, papering over, I would argue, or the recasting or the ignoring of the details, the the doctrinal, theological, ideological details of Tim Keller's history in ministry upon his passing. So many um, Christian voices, public theologians, whatever you want to call them, known names, um, basically uh, issued blanket statements of how he was such a wonderful servant of God with no regard for what the man actually taught, no regard for his actual ideas, um, his the 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 modifications, fundamental I would argue modifications to the gospel of Jesus Christ that he taught and promoted for the entirety of his ministry, especially upon uh, him beginning to pastor in New York City, the compromises to the gospel itself that were that were promoted in order to achieve the the numerical success and the worldly respectability that he achieved we we must we must defend the integrity the fidelity of the gospel of Jesus Christ um, as as a first thing and it it's just it's shameful and it's disheartening in some ways although honestly it's it's not disheartening to see what the bible promised would happen what god's word promised would happen happen that's not necessarily disheartening but it's still troubling in some ways and, and you know and irritating i suppose from a, a righteously indignant standpoint to see supposed ministers of the gospel of jesus christ be so lax with the the measuring that they do the testing that they do uh, with what other ministers teach. Um, there were so many that came out and said, well, you can't say anything about Tim Keller because he's passed away and that's just bad form. You can't criticize people, that, especially recently. You know, those people have died recently. And and to which I asked, okay, are we now to add recently departed to the list of um, intersectional uh, categories that we can place a person in? So, I mean, to, to the to the list of of things that include race and gender and supposed quote-unquote sexual orientation or whatever, um, economic status, nationality, whatever. You name the list, we're going to add recently departed as well. And so we we have to figure that out and calculate. We we have to weigh and measure how much truth we're willing to tell based off of um, a person's status in the, these now protected groups. So recently departed, I guess, is now a, a protected group in, in, in Christian conversation. Uh, I don't agree. And in fact, it, it's, it's, it's worse. People, people who claim that we should be less discerning with, with uh, Tim Keller now have it backwards. I would argue we need to be more discerning because his, his passing means that uh, he will be lionized and his teachings will be codified and you know chiseled in stone to an extent and expected to be not critiqued and criticized. Uh, that's a dangerous position for false teachings to be in. Um, but but uh, yeah, to get back to it, 
if we, we see the evan, evangelistic um, bent of discernment ministry and, and that, that's the reason that we do what we do. It's the reason that um, believers are interested in, rightly so, in discernment and being aware of what's going on. And the chosen is just, you know, we've talked about it before, but it's, it's one of the latest examples of how discernment has gone out the window in so many um, Christian circles. So they, they are so happy to what they feel like is be accepted and um, respected or at least given a, given, given a hearing by the lost and broken world, the God-hating, rebellious, sinful world. They're, they're so excited that we can get the world to talk about Jesus and whatever way that that happens is automatically considered to be good. That's the category that the chosen has found itself in. Uh, you know, the people who apparently hadn't really read the gospel accounts, hadn't really read um, the the source material, the Word of God itself, closely enough to understand how much of um, how much dramatic deviation was taking place within the narrative of the chosen, um, were all about it. You know, you had faithful pastors from pulpits. Uh, recommending this show, and the, the, the ironic part is, you're recommending the show to believers, people within your congregation that have the Word of God and and supposedly believe it and supposedly study it, and you're going to recommend this knockoff that that modifies and um, changes the 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 narrative as if somehow the Word of God and and what's um, what's revealed in the Gospels is not good enough. It, what it's not dramatic enough it's it's you think that you, you're going to infantilize your congregation and think that they don't have the attention span to actually read and understand and appreciate um the the text of the word of god now we need a movie version we need we, we need just just like we do with our worship music where we have to hype it up with soft pad and emotional manipulation why well i mean if we can do that with the music why not do that with the preaching why not do that with the gospel itself and the chosen was um you know, no pun intended, the chosen vehicle for doing that, you know, with the last couple of years. And then, oh, lo and behold, the people working on the show itself, the show that's supposedly about elevating Christ and and the gospel and his ministry and, and uh, his earning of righteousness on our behalf um, prior to, to sacrificing his life uh, to save us, uh, lo and behold, that, that, that show is not... Um, being produced by Christians, there are, there are people on the set now who are um, actively promoting and advertising and like unapologetically, um, w- without fear, um, signaling that they hate God, they hate Jesus, they hate the Creator. Um, I, I would argue that there's probably no more in, in 2023, there's probably no more obvious symbol for rebellion against the creator of the universe than the pride flag, the, the, you know, the trans pride flag. And it, basically the things that were on display on the set of this show that's supposedly about Jesus Christ. And I would like to look to to pastor friends of mine who who have promoted this 
and say, I told you so. But frankly, they should have been discerning with the content of the show itself, the misrepresentations of the nature of the gospel, the misrepresentations of the deity of Christ, the times when the, the, the titular character, the Jesus character, was quoting from the Book of Mormon rather than um, the Holy Bible. They should have looked at those things and been discerning. Discernment is in such short supply from American pulpits that it takes, sadly, because I, I really, I mean, honestly, I wish this didn't need to be the case, but it takes parachurch ministries uh, who do not have the commitments to institutionalism and respectability. Ministries like Protestia, frankly, but there are plenty of other uh, faithful brothers and sisters doing work online um, to this end to correct the shepherds of God, the under-shepherds of God that should be protecting their congregations and instead are bringing these things into their churches. And to be clear, things like the chosen are extra-biblical. We've talked about this before. They, these are extra-biblical materials. It's not. This is not scripture. This is not something that, that God ordained like he did the church. And, um, of course, in Scripture, talked about what the church would be and provides for us uh, instructions on how to be obedient as the church. This is just somebody producing something outside. It's, it's, It's kind of like protestia in a way. You don't need protestia particularly. It isn't. It's not. It's not scripturally um, required as an institution. Now, what we do, I would argue, is scripturally uh, called for by every believer, which is to be discerning, to train the powers of our discernment, to test everything. This is to be Bereans. This is something that we're required to do. And so, to the extent protestia can help with that, um, that that's that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming to be biblically obedient in a specific area of obedience. It's a a specific emphasis, not the only emphasis, not even necessarily the most important emphasis, but a specific biblical requirement for all believers. That's what we're trying to do. And to the extent, if if someone said, well, I, you know, the, the, the chosen is faithful to the biblical text. It is telling, um, uh, it's, it's retelling the true narrative as we can discern it from Scripture. Uh, obviously, we'd have a lot, a lot less issue with it. But if you actually watch the show, there are multiple deviations. There is an endorsement of uh, theology and doctrine that is unbiblical. The, the, the Chosen is produced, I don't know if it still is, but it certainly was, produced on the, the, the passion set for the LDS quote-unquote church. Mormonism is, a, is an, uh, an anti-biblical cult. It is not a true expression of Christianity. It is not something that we should be partnering with in any shape, manner, or form, and yet it is, a, it, it is the, the, the false um, cultic movement behind the chosen. Dallas Jenkins, who created, whose idea this was and created this thing, partnering with Mormons, claiming that Mormons are believers, which does tremendous damage to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, it, I mean, it is a promotion of anti-discernment of exactly what we're told in Scripture not to do. And it's not a surprise to anybody 
that with that level of anti-discernment that they're just fine with the uh, open um, promotion of what God calls uh, a, a vile affection and a detestable sin. No shock there whatsoever. And my, my issue is not so much with Dallas Jenkins and the Mormons producing this show. I mean, we, as, as we say sometimes, we expect lost people to act like lost people. And yes, we've, we've gone over this before in the same way that I, I don't know for sure who is saved and who isn't saved, and neither do you. We are told and instructed to test what uh, the, we are told to look for the fruits of the Spirit. And the first and most clear and easiest to discern one is what people claim and what they believe, uh, what, what they, where they say they place their faith in, what they confess. That's what we look to first. It's the easiest one. We can also look to um, behavior, you know, sin, you know, versus repentance and these these other fruits of the Spirit for sure. But when somebody like Dallas Jenkins um, promotes a false gospel by claiming that people that believe Jesus was a created being, our fellow believers, our fellow Christians, uh, we have no reason whatsoever at that point, if we are biblically discerning Christians, to accept that he is a brother in Christ. When you, when you very clearly advocate for a false gospel that leads people to hell, we have every reason, and I would argue every responsibility, um, every responsibility as Christians who love Christ and the truth more, uh, you know, above all else, we have every reason to say, no, Dallas Jenkins is not a Christian. Why would I, why would I accept somebody as a Christian who is promoting a false gospel? And has been called, by the way, and acknowledged his call to repent of this promotion of a false gospel and refuses to do so. That's what we call an unbeliever, a false teacher, a false brother. You know, some of you might hear this and say, well, that sounds pretty mean. That's not, I mean, you know, why, why, why would you say, I mean, he's promoting Jesus. He keeps saying Jesus. I mean, why, you know, I mean, if you were the typical American pastor, I would argue, that would be your position. I mean, who am I? Who am I to judge? Dallas Jenkins of the Chosen. Who am I to say that this is, uh, you know, I mean, people are talking about Jesus. That's got to be at least a little good, right? I mean, it's getting us a little in the right direction. Uh, No, it isn't. It's actually getting us in the wrong direction. I mean, tell me, what is more dangerous, you know, in terms of, in terms of evangelism, in terms of uh, proclaiming the gospel, what is more, what's more dangerous, logically speaking, Something that, you know, an, an atheist or someone that is very clearly against God entirely, you know, an, a, a Muslim who very clearly believes something different, or someone who is um, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. They, they have a false gospel, a false Christ, uh, a, a false belief that will equally lead people to hell, along with all of these other false religions, and yet it kind of seems like Christianity, if we're not being discerning. It seems like Jesus. It seems like it might be uh, true enough. Well, the second one is more dangerous. The second one is more dangerous. And that's what we're dealing with here. And pastors have no call, Christians have no call to give this a pass. And, I mean, we saw what? In the last, in the last few days, we saw a, a nation uh, pass laws against what God has um, deemed to be um, a 
grievous sin against him. Uganda passes laws against homosexuality and against aggravated homosexuality, which, by the way, is homosexual rape, as far as I understand this to be. And we have supposed Christians in political office saying how horrible this is. Um, some of you may know I was certainly a Ted Cruz supporter back in 2016 uh, during the primaries, the 2016 campaign season, um, where Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. I was a, you know, certainly a Ted Cruz supporter. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like disappointed and irritated when he gets on Twitter and says the Uganda law against homosexuality is just it's horrible. It's awful. It's the worst thing ever. Like, no, it isn't. It isn't. Homosexuality is a sin, Ted. It's a grievous sin. The Bible you supposedly believe it makes this very clear. And so so a nation that is able to... And, and I don't know the details as far as their form of government, so I'm sure I, I may take other issues with how uh, the Ugandan government is actually formed. Um, but they got that one right. It is... It, it, it is... It should be made illegal. I, th- I mean, you know, and I say this as a premillennial Baptist. Um, it is not wrong... To, to say our civil law will reflect the created order as God defines it. That's right. That's the righteous thing to do. A law against homosexuality is not any different, biblically speaking, than a law against uh, child sex abuse. Both are sinful. Both are offensive to the God that you claim to worship, Ted Cruz. I mean, it just, you know... I'm at a loss for words. I mean, it's 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 embarrassing. It's shameful. Um, this is it's it's. I mean, people talk about loser uh, theology. They point the finger at guys like me and say, "Yo, oh, you believe in loser theology because you say that we quote unquote lose down here." Of course, I've clarified that that means we lose the material things for the cause of Christ. That's what MacArthur was saying. News to Jeff Durbin. He also said that, by the way, very recently. He took he he similarly took the MacArthur quote out of context and stopped, you know, when MacArthur seemed to criticize post-millennialists generally, and then stops the quote before MacArthur identifies what kind of post-millennialist he's really criticizing here. That is the the health and wealth preachers, the prosperity preachers. Um, anyway, I but, but I digress. We have Ted Cruz criticizing a, a law that's very clearly uh, appropriate and correct and righteous, according to God's word. And we have Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire um, saying that a piece the Daily Wire ran um, by Ben uh, Zeisloft, I think is how he pronounces it, uh, a younger, I think fairly new uh, writer for the Daily Wire, basically just talking about this chosen controversy and, and really not even so much taking a position on it as just outlining the issues people are having with it in, in an accurate and objective manner. And Jeremy Boring runs on and says, it's horrible we're talking about this. You know, we're we're firing at people that are on our side. Um, well, number one, you don't get to speak for what's on our side, especially if we're Christians. The Word of God is our side if we're faithful. That's our standard. Our standard is not uh, pragmatic. Well, what's good for us politically? Our side is the the Word of God. This is something that um, um, guys like me who are concerned about. Uh, individual liberty and the distinctions between the civil magistrate and the church can agree fully with our post-millennialist brethren that the word of God is our standard and in every area of uh, existence, every area of our life in which God has given us 
uh, the ability to advocate for it in not only speech but practical action, we do so. That doesn't mean that um, that I'm on board with uh, the fact that we will somehow redeem every institution uh, for Christ. Um, but to the extent he allows us to redeem some things, to advocate his righteousness, we do so unapologetically, no matter what. That's what we do. Um, and and then we, but we let God build his kingdom. So I would say in, in conclusion, this, this uh, instance of the pride flag being all over the set of the chosen. And by the way, you can go to Protesti to read more about this. Uh, because even though the Daily Wire article did not go into detail about who the person was or all of the other instances of, of this or whatnot, uh, we did. And we, we, we talked about who it was and, and all of the other... Basically, how this has not been... This isn't some sort of one-off. This is, this is something that has existed on that set for a long time. Um, and why we find it offensive, why all Christians should find it offensive, why it should cause every one of them to uh, be taken aback, especially when they've been, I, I would argue, kind of hoodwinked, but even just not discerning enough to not financially support this project. It's crowdfunded. So people are paying out of pocket to see this series be produced. Um, it should cause all of them to, to reconsider this support. Um, but it should, it, it should really um, cause pastors, especially those that have sort of uncritically lended their support to this series. Um, I mean, I have guys I consider friends and brothers and who I think are faithful ministers uh, who I've heard from the pulpit um, endorse this and say, well, it's wonderful. And my wife and I have watched it and we've really been in, and I want to shake them by the shoulders and say, hey, did you watch it with an open Bible? Did, did you watch it with the Bible open? How critical were you about this? Or were you just trying to like enjoy it and enjoy it that? Well, it seems like the world and the worldly culture and, and, and Hollywood and, and whatnot is talking about Jesus. And so whatever it takes to do that, we're fine. Um, I would, I would, I would point the finger at them and say, you need to be more discerning. You need to be, um, more protective about the fidelity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially if you are called to be an under shepherd, you will, you mean, you realize that, um, teachers will undergo harsher judgment. The standard is higher doctrinally for you. Very clear scripturally. Um, and in the meantime, we'll keep doing what we always do. And if we have to make these corrections from the pews, we will, because our allegiance is to Christ first and not to institutions or respectability or platform or anything else that it seems like modern pastors are, um, unbiblically or, or unrighteously enamored with from time to time. I, I'm not trying to throw all pastors under the bus. There are plenty that have come out and said, we told you so. We were warning about this before. And I mean, they, they were as discerning, if not more so than we have been. And I praise God for that. And so this, this critique and this, um, this chastisement is certainly for the pastors that uncritically were like, your chosen is the best thing ever. Um, y'all need to repent. And 
Um, you need to be more discerning, and if you can't be, um, then I, I don't think this job is for you. So maybe I guess we could consider that some uh, bullying from the pew, as, as, the, as the podcast is called. I don't know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bully Pew Podcast. Head over to protestia.com to read all of the latest in polemics and discernment news from an aggressively biblical perspective uh thank you so much um patrons especially thank you for your support we will see you again uh, next time have a good week and go to church and worship the lord this sunday on the lord's day and uh god willing i'll see you there i like not not that i won't be in church of course but uh, maybe i'll see you at my church we'll see uh god bless and as always semper reformanda